All right, all right. Good morning, everybody. Again, happy fifth anniversary. Um, I'm very just humbled to be here. Um, you know, I'm not sure exactly where to start. Uh, so why don't we do this? This may change the dynamic of our service just a little bit, and then we're going to shift gears and come right back around. But I do want to pray uh, for the war going on in the Middle East. Can we do that? Yeah, because uh, I don't know about you, but the whole world has kind of come to uh, a pause uh, to pay attention to what's going on. And um, things are starting to look a little bit biblical, if you know what I'm saying. And so, uh, and so I do want to pray for that. So can we just take a moment? Father, thank you that you are God and you are in control of everything. Your word says that uh, the hearts of kings are as water in your hands. Lord, you can do what you want. And so, Father, we just uh, lift up the situation there in the Middle East. And, Lord, first of all, um, I pray for both Israelis and Palestinians because you love them both, God. And you want both of them to come to know you. And they have been coming to know you. But, Lord, you hate terrorism. And we come against it now in the name of Jesus. And even as we're talking about supernatural things, Father, we believe that you can do it. Lord, I pray that you would uh, strengthen the... Uh, Jewish Christians, the Jewish believers, and even the Palestinian believers, Lord, to be a light and to be a source of strength uh, where they are. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would help uh, innocent civilians to get out of the way, uh, Father, as things begin to happen. But Lord, I just pray, uh, sovereign God, providential God, that you would be there with them. Uh, Lord, and I also pray that you would protect our nation. Lord, we don't want to pretend that uh, that stuff is not happening. And so, Lord, I pray for your divine protection uh, over our nation, uh, Father, over our borders, Father, over um, our cities, uh, Lord, over our homes, Lord, over our the things that we need, our water, our food, all of that. Lord, we just ask you to keep us safe as you always do. Lord, we say that we love you and we say that we trust you. And if you trust them, say amen. 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 All right. All right. How about we get into the word? I have a little word for you regarding our our fifth anniversary. When I look back at where this church has come from, um, I I think I can honestly say this, that this church shouldn't be here. It really shouldn't be here. And there's a lot more to that. I don't have time to go into it right now, but we've seen five years of God's incredible unfailing faithfulness to us. And to that, I'm very grateful. It's interesting that this week, the, well, the past couple of weeks, me and my wife have, um, I was sharing this with the, with the leaders this morning uh, in our pre-service huddle, um, that we had just been kind of feeling heavy and not knowing why. And so when you feel heavy uh, and you know God, how many know you go to prayer? And so um, it's, I think it was Friday, I picked up Vilma from work. We have one vehicle right now, and so I kind of I run the, the circuit. I drop off Zion, drop off Vilma, and then I pick up Zion, then I pick up Vilma. And so I was picking up my wife Vilma from work. It was Friday. And, uh, and I was just in the zone. I, I, didn't, I wasn't paying attention to what I was doing or thinking. And she said, she, she said, what's wrong? And I said, what do you mean? She said, you're quiet. Is there something wrong? I said, I said, I don't think there's anything wrong. I said, but I can feel. I can feel 
the weight of the world and what was going on. And, and I, you know, again, I didn't know what that meant. So I, I, I was telling her, I said, I could just sense how people are, are tired. I can sense how, how people are looking and longing for something. And I said, and I just can't put my finger on it. I, you know, I, but, I, but I, I feel like I'm carrying this burden for this world that we live in, not just Las Vegas, not just our nation, the world. And I was telling her that, just, this is what I'm feeling. And then uh, we go to bed and we wake up Saturday morning and I had the privilege of going to Israel uh, about a year and a half ago. And so I made a lot of friends and I was getting all of these texts saying that uh, Israel was under attack. It was early in the morning, I woke up and I, and I looked at my, my phone and the first thing I honestly thought is, oh, that's normal. Israel always gets attacked. That's, when you speak to an Israeli person, a Jewish person, they tell you this is how we live. Um, we hear sirens, we run to bunkers, and wrote it off. And then another text came through and said, um, we are at war. And then I said, let me validate that. And I turned on the news and sure enough, uh, Ariel Sharon had declared war uh, against Hamas, the, the terrorist group. And so, um, and I feel like that's some of what I was feeling. Uh, and it was even more coincidental that I was reading for the last uh, few weeks, I've been in the book of Ezekiel. And uh, if you know the book of Ezekiel, it has a lot to say about uh, the end times. And so the first, probably two-thirds of, of the book of Ezekiel is, is, is talking about the darkness that Israel experienced. Um, they were exiled. Matter of fact, as Ezekiel the prophet was writing this book, he was in exile. And so he um, had this vision, and we're going to read this. We're going to get into this in Ezekiel 47. And as he's looking at this uh, vision, and this angel is walking him through, um, he sees this temple, and, and, and the angel says, you know, uh, that's where it's, this vision starts. It starts with a temple. And as he's seeing this vision, if you were to look past the vision and look into the real world, well, um, what we would consider the real world, how many know the spiritual world is the real world? It's more real than what we're uh, feeling and seeing right now. But if you were to look there, there was no temple. And the temple represent, uh, represents the presence of God. Anyways, we're going to get into this, and then I want to make uh, just a, three really quick points. Uh, and then I want to cast a little bit of vision for us, because how many know uh, God's faithfulness the last five years is great? It's incredible. We thank God for that. But how many know there's another five years coming up? And so we want to know, God, what do you want us to do as your church, as your people? So I'll try to make this as quick as possible, because I know you guys saw the taco carts. All right, so... Um, but I'll start with uh, another verse to get us started. It's Revelation 22, verse 1. It says this, The angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb. I want to talk to you about three things from Ezekiel as we talk. And I don't normally... Uh, say my points in the beginning, but I'm going to try to get through this fast, so this is why I'm doing this. Um, but I want to talk about the water's source, I want to talk about the water's flow, and then I want to talk about the water's effect or the water's 
impact. And so the verse we just read uh, is pretty obvious that the water or the river of God, as we'll see here in a second, the source is God. It's the spirit of God. It's the presence of God. It's the power of God. And it flows directly from his throne. Ezekiel 47, verse 1. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're going to read verse 1 through 12. I'm going to divide this up into three parts, okay? Rather than reading the text all in the beginning. Um, to save time, I'm going to uh, read the text and then I will make the points. So in verse 1, it says, The man or the angel brought me back to the entrance of the temple and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple and behold, water was issuing or flowing from below the threshold of the temple. Say temple. Uh, toward the east and the water was flowing down from below the south end of the threshold of the temple. There it is again, south of the altar. So this passage solidifies even more. It makes it more clear of what we already know, and that's that the source of water is God. It says that the water was flowing from the temple. The Hebrew word for temple is dwelling. And so temple really was where the presence of God dwelt. In the old times, that's where God would spend his time. But it wasn't open to everybody. There was a high priest assigned to minister to God. And so what we have today is, is we live in the age of grace. We don't, you know, we don't have to wait or go to a priest and we don't have to you know, wait outside uh, and then get the message delivered to us. We can go directly to God. How many are thankful for that? And so keep an eye on this. The water represents the presence and power of God. I'll make a mental note. Okay, we're gonna go a little bit quicker now. Uh, to number two, and that's the water's flow. It says this in verse two of Ezekiel 47. Then he brought me out by the way of the north gate and led me around on the outside to the outer gate that faces toward the east and behold, the water was trickling. Say trickling. It was trickling out on the south side. Going in eastward with a measuring line in his hand, the man measured a thousand cubits and then led me through the water and it was Ankle deep. You're going to do a lot of re repeating today. Say ankle deep. How many have ever walked into the ocean ankle deep? How many of you, that's as far as you went? It was ankle deep. Verse four. Again, he measured a thousand and led me through the water and it was knee deep. Say knee deep. Again, he measured a thousand and led me through the water and it was what? It was waist deep. Again, he measured a thousand and it was a river that I could not pass for the water had risen it was deep enough to swim in a river that could not be passed through and he said it uh, to me son of man have you seen this in other words the angel was saying are you getting this are you seeing this so the water the presence and the power of God starts as a trickle and it reminds me a lot of us a lot of times God is doing something right in our midst or God is at work in our lives and we don't even see it and we don't even realize it. And sometimes we even ask and we wonder, God, are you, are you there? 
Uh, God, are you hearing my prayers? How many have ever felt like your prayers get to the ceiling and not any higher sometimes? But then as we read through this, you see that what started off as something that was so small, a trickle, matter of fact, even inconceivable, like you can't even put it together. It's, it's so not there. But then if you stick with God and you stay with God and you allow him to be him and you, you allow him to do what he does, it turns into something that is so big and so large that instead of being, uh, being inconceivable, now it's undeniable. Because that's the way he works and he operates. It reminds me of Isaiah when God told him, I'm doing a new thing. It's springing up. Can you see it? Do you perceive it? And then he says, there's streams coming into the desert. So let me paint a picture for you. Imagine that you left your water hose on and, and, and some water is trickling out the water hose and maybe it's leaving a little trail. If you left that for a few days, you're lucky to even get a puddle. If you were to leave it for months, you're lucky to get something you, you know, more significant, I don't know. But especially here in Vegas, <laughs> it would probably soak into the sand or it would uh, evaporate, right? Because we have such dry, dry weather. And so what starts off as a trickle, if you stay with it, God makes something bigger out of it. And so many of you are praying for a breakthrough even right now. And I don't know how this year has been for you, I was telling somebody that I walked into Smith's. Uh, I live way north of Vegas, and, but I got the good Smith's marketplace. Okay, that's the only good thing about where we live. Okay, it's like, it's like a little mini, not a mall, but anyway, you know what I'm saying. And so I went into Smith's the other day, walked out with two bags, and it was like 96 bucks. And I was like, what? And prices are going up and things are getting a little harder and you know, my vehicle, I'm putting a lot of gas in it because I'm running this circuit several times every day. And so things are getting harder. So some of you are believing God and praying for a financial breakthrough. And so for others of you, you're, you're praying and you believe in God and there's a little bit of a trickle and, and, and maybe you're believing God for a healing in, in your relationship. Maybe a marriage, maybe between a parent and a son or a daughter. You know, or maybe you've been waiting on your healing. And you're waiting for this breakthrough. But I want to remind you that God is working. And a lot of times it may start small. But at the end of the day, it becomes something so good that you can only point to God because it wouldn't be possible without him. So the source is supernatural. It's the supernatural presence of God. Continuing on at the latter part of verse six. Then he led me back to the bank of the river. You know, uh, Zion always tells me, say the title of your message and I never do. <laughs> and so if I could change the title of my message, <laughs> this is kind of the way I operate. I got here this morning. I was like, man, I should have called it this. It would be out of the shallows and into the deep. Because I think that's where God is calling us as a church. Because when you look at the pattern and the characteristic of the water and God's power and God's presence, you get more of it the deeper you go. 
And so God is challenging me personally, which I will in turn transfer to you. So get ready, all right? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. Verse seven, as I went back, I saw on the bank, uh, the river very many, uh, on the bank of the river, bank of the river, very many trees on the one side and the other. And he said to me, the, this water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah and enters the sea. And when the water flows into the sea, the water will become fresh. Now let's talk about the water's effect. It says, at the water's edge, which is the real title, something like that, right Zion? There were many trees on both sides of the river and I feel like this is where we are as a church. For the last five years, we've seen the best and worst of what life has to offer. But we've seen God's faithfulness through the whole thing. And so regardless of all the curveballs, regardless of all the twists and the turns, regardless of all that, look around. We've grown. We've grown a little bit. And I was encouraged a few weeks ago when I asked a handful of people to stand because when this church was experiencing its biggest difficulties and its greatest challenges, there was a handful of people who stuck it out because they trusted God and they saw a vision that was bigger than themselves and they saw what God was doing. And now I look here and I, I want to say what, what the Bible says. Wow, something new is happening here. Do you see it? Because I do. And we've grown. We've grown personally. Some of us have kind of become trees and we're bearing fruit. And the Bible says that our fruit will feed others and our leaves will heal others. And so I thank God for that. But I think God is challenging us to not stay at the, at the river's edge because there's other places where we need to go. So I've watched people show up. I've watched people grow up spiritually in this church. And there's a lot of healthy people here. You love God, you're serving him and you're giving him everything and you're trusting him and, and there's a spiritual health about you. But how many know to whom much is given, much is required? And so the water is so powerful that its flow will change. The salty sea. Now this is in reference to the Dead Sea. When I was in Israel, I was a little bummed out because we were behind on our schedule. And so um, we arrived at the Dead Sea and they said, we will not stop because we need to get to our next appointment. Uh, the guy we were with, um, is just well known throughout the land of Israel. Somehow, some way, we, we, every time he would run into somebody, you know, we'd go, who, who are we with? Who is this guy? He's like a rock star. And so it would get us behind on schedule. And so we drove by the Dead Sea. And the Dead Sea is so potent in salinity that nothing lives there. They say about 35% uh, of the water is 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 minerals and, and salt. And so nothing can live there. I, I believe there might be some microscopic things, you know, but, but nothing lives there. And so it's kind of a, a geographic, you know, um, it's an interesting geographic point 
because it's the deepest place on earth. It's 1,300 feet below sea level. And so it's basically a pit. And so the water kind of drains there and it's stagnant. There is no flow out. The water compounds there and it goes nowhere else. And it's only good to build up salt, okay? We're gonna get into this a little bit. Verse nine, and wherever the river goes, every living creature that swarms will live. Now, I don't know if you're seeing the transformation here. There will be very many fish. For this water goes there, the waters of the sea may become fresh. So everything will live where the river goes. Fishermen will stand by the sea. I'm already seeing a picture of harvest here. Because Jesus said the fishermen will become fishers of men. And where the river is, there will be life and living creatures. And fish of all kinds will be there. I can't help but to wonder. Because later on, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, verse 10, fishermen will stand beside the sea from Engedi to Eniglim. It will be a place for the spreading of nets. How many know nets represent harvest? Nets represent a catch. Its fish will be of very many kinds, like the fish of the great sea. Verse 11, but its swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They are to be left for salt and the banks on both sides of the river, there will grow all kinds of trees for food. It's interesting, they kind of snuck verse 11 in there and I think we need to pay attention to it because when you think about the river of God and we talked about the flow of the river, right? And it represents the presence and the power of God. And guess what? It only works when it's moving. And so as God is moving, we're to stay in step with him. Not to be ahead of him. How many have ever been in front of God before? God, I got this. Stay back. Yeah? You've done that? And then how many have, uh, you know, hey, I think I'm a hangback. God, go ahead. And so we're to be in step with him. And the catch, the harvest, will be great. Verse 12, on the banks of both sides of the river, there will be grow all kinds of trees uh, for food. Uh, and then here, the leaves will not wither, nor their fruit fail, but they will bear fruit, fresh fruit every month. Speaking of consistency. Because the water for them flows from the sanctuary. We're getting into a theme here. The temple, the sanctuary, the throne of God. So let me just say this as I begin to shift here a little bit is that I thank God for the river and I thank God for his presence and I thank God for his power and I thank God for everything he's done here. And how many know, thank God for the last five years. But now I'm looking forward to the next five years because the river flows and it gets deeper and it gets more powerful. And I believe God is calling us to step out of the banks and into the deeper waters. And so let me kind of make this a little bit practical. For some of you, you know, maybe you love this church and so you, you know, you, you come a few times, right? Maybe stepping off the banks and getting ankle deep might mean coming a little bit more consistency, uh, consistently. Is it okay if I say that? Okay, and then maybe some of you are, 
you know, you like the church so much, you do come consistently. But that's about it. As soon as on Sunday we say in Jesus' name, amen, you're looking for the buffet, right? And so maybe stepping off of the banks for you might mean joining a life group. All right, so maybe some of you love the church and you love it so much that you found community and you attend a life group. And so maybe you're knee deep. But maybe the next step for you is to go waist deep. Could it be possible that God is calling you to lead a life group? All right, for those of you who are waist deep, maybe you're in group and you're leading and you love your group so much that you don't want to multiply, but maybe, maybe God says step out a little more. And then there's some of you who are here and you love God and you're doing well and you're healthy. And you're wondering, God, what is next for me? Can I just put an advertisement out to the church is that we can find a lot of areas where we could use your help. Could it be possible that maybe you join a ministry on Sunday? Could it be possible that you lead a ministry on Sunday? Ooh, now you can't touch the bottom. Some of you love the word. Could it be possible God is asking you to preach on a Sunday? Give me and Pastor Matt a break. And then for others, maybe you're here and you don't know what to expect from a church like this. Maybe this is your first time here. And maybe you've you know, never experienced this or maybe you've experienced something like this before and you, you, you haven't been around for a while. Maybe your next step is reestablishing your relationship with God. I don't know about you, but there's something comfortable about solid ground. <laughs> the moment you get on a boat and you push out, how many know the thoughts start twirling? Or when you're sitting on the window aisle of the airplane and it lifts off and you see that ground getting further and the thoughts start to swirl. There's something secure and comfortable about being on solid ground, right? Now I'm not talking about the foundational stuff because we need that. But I'm talking about if you want the best of what God has, sometimes it means getting away from what you know. It means stepping away from what you feel secure with and what you feel comfortable with. And so I want to ask you just to take a minute and just ask, God, what is the next step for me? Where am I at right now? Am I on the banks enjoying you? That's great. But he's inviting you to step out into the ankle deep. And he's inviting you to step out into the knee deep and the waist deep. And then to the point where you can't even touch the bottom. And the Bible says that he couldn't even get across. How many know that's deep? Can I give you a couple of practical things that I think 
we can focus on. I'm going to call these the five focuses. I don't want to say the next five years, but it just sounds better. But let's say the next five months. How's that? Five focuses for the next five months. Doesn't mean it stops at the fifth month. Okay, you keep going. But some of the next five years. I'm thinking, God, what are some practical things that you can uh, use to help us to grow? Uh, the first one is this. To be formed by the gospel. To be formed by the gospel. So what that means is finding um, new ways to, let me say accurate ways to figure out what maturity is. Going from performance to moving in God's grace. Formed by the gospel. Because everything we want to do in this church, everything we do or should do, starts with the gospel. And then it points to the gospel and then it returns back to the gospel. So, and so, somehow we just have a, a way of kind of losing our effectiveness. A lot of times we can explain the gospel. A lot of times we can talk about the Bible, but then maybe just certain areas of our life don't represent the gospel. Knee deep, waist deep. Uh, here's another one. The second one, um, I really have a burden for uh, God to show us how to be empowered by the Spirit and how to help you be empowered by the Spirit um, also. And you're going to hear a lot of overlap here. There's something that we have called the four E's, um, engage, establish, equip, empower. That's kind of our model for discipleship. Um, but we want to equip you to make disciples, equip you to make disciples. And so we wanna work on making it clear so that you know what discipleship looks like to us. A lot of times you get saved, all right, now what's next? All right, for us, it's one-to-one. -one. It's one-to-one -one discipleship. There's a little booklet and an app that you can get, that you can read and it explains everything to you. It's one of the most effective things that I've ever read. My, my kind of book, I could read each chapter in about five minutes. And then we want to mobilize you to take steps of faith. Wherever you are, wherever you are in your walk with God, maybe a Sunday is all it is right now. How do we help you take the next step and what does that mean? We want to help you do that. And then finally, something that I feel like we cannot ever, ever forget, and that's engage in gospel conversations. Engage in gospel conversations. The best way I can put that is to say, how can I be more than just that friend? I'm good at making friends. I'm not always good at sharing the love of Christ. And I admit that to you as a pastor. But how do we help you engage in these, in these gospel conversations? But I'll say this as we shift one more time. I believe if we did those five things in the next five months, we'd be looking for a new place. 
And this is where I want to encourage you uh, to do that. So, uh, Father, I just thank you for this church and I pray that you bless your word. We're going to do something else. We're going to take communion. Felix, if you can come up and help me on the keys. Now, let me give a little bit of an explanation because uh, the Bible says that this is a believer's sacrament. And so the Bible talks about proper uh, ways of receiving communion. And one of them is that, uh, as simple as this, if you don't know Jesus personally and you're not in a relationship with him, and there are some people here, you may not even want that right now. And you know what? We totally respect that. And so as we pass around the juice and the bread, if you want to abstain, we totally respect that. But you know what? I have a better option because we're going to receive this as a family. For those of us who do know and walk with Christ and I'm not saying anybody's perfect. God's not about perfection. God is about direction and we're all walking towards him as best as we can. The better option is this. Rather than you saying, I don't really know God right now and so I'm not going to participate. How about I introduce God to you and you receive him today and then you receive with us all together. So um, ushers, if you can just hold on to the baskets real quick, I'm going to pray and then we'll continue. With nobody looking around, with your heads bowed, we're only going to have a a few of our leaders because we want to know who we're going to be praying with. For the rest of us, if you could just bow your heads and not look around. And you're, if you're here today, maybe you've heard this pitch before and maybe your heart is beating fast and you're, you know what I'm about to ask. And that's that if you're not right with God at this moment, but you want to get right with him, Or if you're here and you've never heard a message like this before, you've heard of Jesus, but you don't know the whole story, but you're being prompted right now as we speak. And you feel like, man, I need to respond to this. And if you want to get to know him, if that's you, we want to know who we're praying with. We're going to pray all together. But if that's you and you want to receive Jesus and get your heart right today, would you raise your hand? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see those hands. All right, you can put your hands down. One last invitation. Is there anybody here you want to receive him? As we pray together. All right. Repeat after me. Say, Jesus, thank you for your gift of life. I admit that I've done wrong and you're right. I I ask for your forgiveness and I believe that you are who you say you are and that you died for me and that you spilled your blood for me and that your blood is enough to wash away all the sin that separates me from you. I ask you to come into my life, come into my heart, but most of all, I ask you to change me and make me the person that you created me to be. 
and give me the grace to follow you from this day forward. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we just give an applause just for those who received and for those of you who did receive? We would love to meet you, okay? We don't want you to get lost in this group. We, we're gonna go outside and we're gonna, we're gonna jam and we're gonna have fun. And, and, but please, if you would just come say hello, we would love to meet you. And then if we could all stand to our feet, once you receive your, uh, the cup with the juice and the wafer, if you would stand up. give it a minute thank you Lord okay how about this I'm going to jump right into our scripture verse and then we'll receive this together and let me just encourage you communion is like a reset button how many of you have something electronic and when it doesn't work right you either hit the power button or you hit the reset and then when it comes back on it works right I'm having computer issues as we speak and so communion is like that. Communion is like a reset because, you know, life has its way of taking its toll on us, right? Its pressures. And so as we get ready to receive, I want you to take a minute, just examine your own heart and ask God, what do I need to align in my life? so that I can be in alignment with you. The verse that I'm about to read comes out of um, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. What's interesting about this verse is that this verse came right after a group of Christians were fighting. <laughs> oh, you probably didn't know Christians fight. Oh, yes, they do. Sheep are sweet and meek, but they got teeth. Okay, And so there's this group of believers and Paul is exhorting them. And he says, as a, you know, we're about to do this. As a matter of fact, I heard some of you are fighting right now as we speak. And I want to encourage you as you're about to drink the juice and receive the symbolic body of Christ that if God places anybody in your heart that you need to get right with, I'm gonna leave that up to you between you and God, but don't let that go too long. The Bible says this, as we're coming to God to worship him, he says, if you have a gift that you're bringing to me, but there's something with you and somebody else that's not right, he says, lay your gift down and then go get it right with that person and then come and pick up your gift and then proceed to come and worship me. And that's how much God cares about relationships. And one thing that can destroy any organization, including a church, is when relationships, okay? And so I get it. It's not the easiest thing to do. It's not the most favorite thing to do. But if God puts somebody in your heart, 
pray about how to maybe approach them. Uh, you know, this week I had to apologize to somebody who we, me and my wife, who we care about, somebody near and dear to us. And we had to tell them, hey, I'm sorry. And if that's what you need to do, then do that. Thank you. And if there's something that maybe is bothering you, it's okay to go tell the person and say, hey, you know I love you. Man, this is kind of what's going on in my heart. And give that person a chance and an opportunity. So let me read this verse. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 through 26, it says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Of me. Now remember, this is the symbolic body of Christ. I'm going to pray a brief prayer if I can get this thing open. <laughs> oh, thank you, bro. I think so. <laughs> thank you, Pastor Matt. Just hold this up. Father, thank you for sending your son. Jesus, thank you for being obedient to going to the cross and allowing your body to be broken for me and for my brothers and sisters. And Father, we don't take this for granted. Father, thank you for your broken body. We receive it together. In the same way, he took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Jesus, thank you for spilling your blood for me, the blood that gives life, the blood that renews, the blood that takes away sin, that blocks us from you. And Lord, thank you that through your blood, we now have proximity. We're close. We're together with you because of what you've done. And we thank you for your blood. Let's receive it together. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You are so good to us. God, there is nobody, 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 nobody like you. Lord, thank you for five years of your faithfulness. Lord, thank you for five years of your goodness. Father, thank you for five years of allowing us uh, to be effective here uh, in this city. Father, thank you for those uh, who come and worship with us. Lord, thank you for those you're calling to come and worship with us. Lord, bless those who received you today. Lord, thank you that when we leave this earth, Lord, we will party in heaven together. And so, Father, I just thank you for the last five, but Lord, we look forward to the next five. Lord, we, we say in Jesus' name, Lord, incredible fruit. Father, incredible growth. Father, incredible effectiveness. And Lord, I thank you that, Lord, you're calling us into the deeper places. 
because Father, that's where uh, the power is. That's where the harvest is. Lord, bring us there. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.